Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I had the privilege of uh, being a teaching fellow for Maring Mini Monsod. Nagbe-break talaga kami every session. Tapos papatayuin kami ni Maring Winnie para mag-stretching or para uminom, para mag-rest. Tapos siya mismo mag-i-stretching. Tapos i-inspect talaga niya kung pati yung mga teaching fellow siya mga isusyante ay nag stretching din. Tapos sisitahin niya pag hindi tumatayo. <laughs> ako si JC Punong Bayan. Ako si Mayan Vital. At ako si Renz Cadu. At welcome sa Usapang Econ Podcast. Ang Usapang Econ Podcast ay proyekto ng mga batang ekonomista na naglalayang gawing mas fun, relatable, and understandable ang economics. Powered by Puma Podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce Renz. He is a fellow Usapang Econ member and it happens to be his debut in podcasting. Hello, Renz! Hello, Mayen, and hello, everyone. Excited na ako para sa episode natin today. Siyempre, meron ding isang taong gusto nating i-congrats. JC, congrats sa inyong dissertation approval. Mukhang giging Dr. JC Punong Bayan ka na. <laughs> Maraming salamat, Mayen. Maraming salamat, Renz. So speaking of, what's the next step for you guys? You're both teaching in the next term, di ba? Well, ako, Mayen, I'm actually quite dreading it kasi parang mukhang magtatagal pa itong uh, online setup natin. Ano? And uh, sa nakalipas na taon kasi ay nagtuturo din ako sa UP School of Economics. At uh, napakahirap, napaka-weird. Kasi unang-una, of course, parang lahat tayo napapagod ano, dun sa online setup. Hindi lang yung mga estudyante, kundi yung mga teachers din. Yeah, same as JC, more than a year into online learning and I still find it really challenging. Tapos, mas nakakapagod siya. It's really exhausting and ako mismo nabobore ako sa sarili kong lectures kasi may mga classes ako before na three hours yung duration. So, I really had to overhaul my teaching style, yung assessment style para lang makasabay sa distance learning setup namin. Pero ngayon, Mayan, meron kang consult sa si gig sa World Bank no? in Washington, D.C. about education studies. Yes, friends, tamang-tamang nga rin eh. Kasi a part of our work looks into itong issues din sa learning dahil nga sa COVID-19. And it's very relevant sa pag-uusapan natin today. Okay, first, Mayan, can you tell us more about distance learning? So itong distance learning na to, it can comprise different things. So meron tayong different platforms like radio, television, and online itong internet. Pero iba-iba rin kasi yung modalities. Dito naman sa Pilipinas, ina-adapt natin ng lahat ng tatlong platforms na iyon. Yung DepEd, nagpro-provide ng distance learning online modules through the so-called DepEd Commons. Tapos meron din yung DepEd Radio, tsaka yung DepEd TV Channel. Yung private schools naman, pwede din nilang gamitin yung ganitong klaseng resources, pero kung kaya nilang gumawa ng sarili nila, pwede rin naman. Even before the pandemic, distance learning has been implemented kahit sa Pilipinas, pero I think it's mostly in universities. 
this is why during the pandemic, there was a sudden shift to uh, distance learning, pero nagkaroon din ng maraming difficulties. Sa totoo lang, nawala yung feedback mechanism kapag nagde-deliver ng lectures. Eh. Mahirap kapag hindi mo nakikita yung mukha ng mga estudyante. Hindi mo mag-gauge kung nagigets ba nila yung sinasabi mo o kung kailangan mo ba i-calibrate yung discussion. Uh, kung silver lining naman siguro yung pag-uusapan, uh, siguro because of this distance learning, mas flexible yung oras natin. Pwede ako mag-lecture nang nakapambahay lang, ganun. Or siguro nag-memerienda ka habang nagle-lecture. Pero still, teaching without seeing your audience or seeing your students is really different and it's really weird. I'm kind of thinking about, first, yung mga tao na hindi ganun ka-well-versed sa technology. Yung hindi sanay na gamitin itong mga bagong platforms. And ikalawa din siguro yung ang mode of teaching nila ay traditional, face-to-face and how they are able to cope with itong classing shift nga. Kasi even back in 2016, there was a study, and this study has found that the adoption of online learning not only requires acquisition of technology-related skills, but also a reorientation of pedagogical methods. Itong study na to na kinundok ni UP professor Dr. Patricia Arinto, Tapos, ang ginawa niya, she gathered the experience of faculty members teaching in UP Open University. The students are likely to be more mature. Tapos, syempre, mga tipong post-grad or even bachelor's degree, pero definitely higher education na talaga. And I cannot imagine the nightmare na some teachers in basic education would have to face. Kasi nga, una, ang training nila talagang face-to-face. Tapos, pangalawa, yung learners nila, mas bata. And then, of course, the infrastructure, especially in public schools. Sobrang alam naman natin yan na limited yung ganitong access to technology. So, our guest is an expert who has been working in the education sector for a very long time. His career has extended to many, many years of working in basic education, to higher education, public and private. And he has worked with all stakeholders, from policymakers to practitioners, and even the beneficiaries, meaning students and teachers. And most importantly, his current projects cover learning during the pandemic. So everyone would like to introduce Nikki Tanazas. Hi, um, thank you for having me. Sa tingin ko, lahat ng education systems nagulat no, na nagkaroon ng COVID. Ang main difference dito sa bansa natin and mga bansa na katulad nung sa atin, yung difficulty sa internet connection. Pero ang kagandahan lang is that ang karamihan ng mga teachers natin, yun, sanay na sila sa difficult situations tapos they persist kahit na madami challenges. So merong mga workaround na ginawa para lang mairaos natin yung distance ed or yung blended learning natin. Ang pinaka-common na naging preference ng mga tao, yung printed modules. Ang tawag doon self-learning modules. Merong mga printed materials na uh, sa ibang schools, kung kakayanin ng mga magulang, sila yung nagpipick up sa mga public school. Tapos ginagawa yun nung bata for a week, no? tapos isasubmit ulit dun sa teacher. In some areas naman, yung teacher ang nagahatid dun sa mga communities para lang makarating yung modules dun sa ano na yun, 
So, yun ang naging 80-85% of the modality na meron tayo. Ganun siya. Dahil yun yung pinakamadali. Compared sa maghahanap ka ng internet, kailangan mo ng cellphone, kailangan mo ng laptop or TV, pero mag-share kayo sa programming kung marami kayo sa bahay. Merong tendency na mas mag-gravitate ang mga learners doon sa printed modules. Pagdating sa online learning, sobrang crucial nung technological infrastructure. For example, yung internet access, saka computers. Pero ang problema nga ay hindi lahat ay may access dito. And for example, considering na less than half of our population ay merong internet connection, this says a lot about the state of access to these technologies. So meron isang article akong naalala kung saan tinray niyang i-calculate kung magkano ba yung uh, kailangan mong uh, gasusin para meron kang maayos na online setup pagdating sa distance learning. So nag-canvas yung author ng iba't ibang devices. Ito yung mga devices na sinasabi ng DepEd na minimum requirements. At natagpuan niya na ang pinakamurang computer ay at least 18,000 pesos. Tapos sa para naman sa isang tablet ay kailangan mong gumasos ng 5,000 pesos. At pag may smartphone ka naman na kailangan 3,000 pesos. And then kailangan mo rin ng maayos na internet connection to download yung videos, saka yung modules, and other resources. At ayon sa datos ng SWS, meron silang survey na kinundak noong November 2020, 86% ng mga pamilya ay gumasos ng at least 900 pesos para sa internet, assuming na buwan-buwan ito. So meron kang internet connection pero hindi reliable sa lahat ng lugar. So dito pa lang makita natin na magiging sobrang uneven talaga yung access ng mga bata dun sa resources na kailangan nila para sa online learning. And I think it's really worrisome kasi if you look at the household expenditure data, ang typical family na nga gumagastos ng about almost 50% ng kanilang expenses on food. Tapos, syempre, transport, utilities, and everything else. So you can imagine, there's little space for families to actually allocate spending on internet and what more itong 18,000 pesos worth na device. And Mayan, yung sinabi mo na almost 50% yung share ng food expenditure ng households. Malamang sa malamang, poor families will have it harder kasi mas konti yung space nila to spend on goods other than food. And I also have the impression that even with the supposed savings from not having to spend on transportation, non-food expenses, na may added cost pa rin on education due to these gadgets and connectivity devices. So nagdag na burden pa rin siya. And by the way, itong kawalan nung uh, sapat na resources and access sa mga technologies, ito yung dahilan kung bakit marami na lang ang piniling hindi mo na mag-aral in the middle of the pandemic. Grabe JC, no? student side pa lang, ang dami na nating problema kinakaharap. Pero paano kaya yung mga teachers? Mayan, may nabanggit ka kanilang study ni Dr. Patricia Arinto. Ano sa tingin mo ang applicability ng study na to given the current pandemic situation? Gamitin natin yung government data to answer that. Merong nilabas yung DepEd na learning continuity plan. So doon sa continuity plan na yon na ilagay niya yung konteksto ng accessibility ng mga teachers to keep up with the needs of online learning. So about 787,000 teachers ang na-survey para ma-determine ang kanilang readiness. The sample is quite good kasi there are about 850,000 DepEd personnel naman. 
87% of the surveyed teachers say that they have computers at home. Pero halos kalahati lang nun ang nagsasabi na meron silang internet connection. 51% walang connection. Tapos meron sa kanila nagsasabi na wala namang internet signal na available. So malaking constraint siya kasi it means na marami sa kanila ay kinailangang maghanap ng paraan para magka-internet. And of course, we know na manggagalingin sa bulsa ng mga teachers. This plan does provide guidance on the rollout of remote learning. And sabi nga ni Nikki, Ang unang ginawa doon is that yung regular curriculum ng K-12, pinawasan. Pinawasan yung competencies na ituturo parang target mo for this year kasi nga, hindi ka naman daily na nasa loob ng classroom. So may bawat subject, kung mapapansin nyo, may mga listahan ng competencies yan sa curriculum. Pinili doon yung tinatawag nilang most essential. Para yun lang yung mag-focus tayo, yun yung gagawan ng modules. Para kahit pa paano, hindi naman sobrang hirap ng subject matter na kailangan may cover within the year. Pero hindi naman yung sobrang konti din na parang review lang nung last time. Tapos, to help out, uh, nagkaroon ng talaga massive effort nationwide na tulungan dun sa pagbuo ng modules. Kasi kailangan nyo isipin dyan, 12 grade levels, 13 kasama yung kinder, tapos around 7 to 10 ang subjects. So, ang daming modules na kailangan gawain kung gusto mong i-run lahat yun. No? So, nagtulungan nationwide Uh, regional offices, division offices, meron sila mga assignment. Nagkaroon ng betting somehow tapos yun yung ginamit na no, nag-opening yung classes. Tapos ang additional support doon aside from the content is program support funds na ang term doon dinadownload or dinidisburse sa mga field offices para magamit nila sa printing o kaya yung pagsasubmit, paggamit ng internet, pagbili ng actual printer kasi meron tayong regular na computerization program or meron tayong regular na procurement program para sa equipment sa schools. Pero hindi siya mabilis enough para ma-cover yung needs ng pandemic. So ang nangyari, nagkaroon ng mabilisan na support na okay, sige, printing, ibig sabihin yan, kailangan nyo bumili ng papel, kailangan nyo bumili ng ink, kung makakahanap kayo ng heavy duty na printer na under the DBM threshold para sa bidding, pwede nyo rin bilhin para ma-distribute nyo ng mabuti yung modules na ginagawa. Tapos later on, nagkaroon ng realization na uh, support for internet connection. Sige, magbigay din tayo. So, yung mga basic na kailangan yun, napoprovide naman. Ang lagi lang nating tanong dyan, hindi tayo pwede tumingin sa total amounts at saka hindi tayo pwede tumingin sa average figures, ang kailangan natin tingnan dito is lahat ba talaga ng lugar naabot equally nung support. Given na alam natin na yung teachers ang primary facilitator ng distance learning, it's interesting to ask how much support was provided to teachers. No, Do we have feedback on the challenges that they faced and the needed support based on their experience in the past year? Somehow well-documented yung challenges ng teachers, no? Same number of uh, students ang kailangan nila ma-reach, pero iba na modality, wala sa loob ng classroom. So in a sense, parang lahat ng formal school teachers natin biglang nagkaroon ng crash course kung paano maging teacher sa alternative learning system. Pero just the same, challenges na mga usual nila is number one, how to connect. Kung hindi ka naman pupunta doon, diretso doon sa community, paano mo sila makakausap? Ano ang naging main tool nila? Ang main tool nila, messenger 
ang problem natin dito sa messenger is that it's a communication tool pero hindi siya learning management system. Hindi mo expect na sa messenger nandun na lahat ng kailangan mo para mag-run ng class mo. Ang kaya mo lang gawin doon, mag-post na meron kang assignment or meron kang pinapagawang module. Pero hindi mo maiiwasan na matabunan yun kung maraming nag-chat. Diba? Hindi mo na alam. So baka hindi lahat ng bata na may access sa cellphone at that time, eh, makita niya na, wait, may assignment nga pala. Number two, kung modules ang main tool mo for teaching, ang ibig sabihin din nun, aside from development, saka printing, saka distribution, ang next doon, checking. Pag binalik sa'yo yung mga module tapos sinagot ng mga bata, kailangan mo yun i-check. Tapos yung insight na nanggagaling doon sa module na yun, hindi kasing rich ng nasa classroom ka tapos nagpaparecite ka, uh, makikita mo yung klase ng sagot ng bata. So hindi siya ganun ka-rich. No? So meron kang loss of fidelity, tawag natin doon. Medyo may nawawala doon sa modality na yun. Plus yung mga meme na nakikita natin na yun na. Yung mga parents nakikitang sumasagot ng mga modules, di ba? Oh, ito na yung chance nila para mag-valediktorian yung mga anak nila, di ba? Yun, so hindi mo ngayon alam kung sila ang gumagawa nun. Yun yung challenges ng teachers. Tapos plus the fact na, yun nga, aside from kailangan pa nila magturo, meron pa silang additional na trabaho na yun nga, developing modules, printing modules, at saka distributing modules. Last, ang pinakamahirap doon yung back and forth para sa teaching-learning process. The best na natututunan natin kung nagtatanong tayo kay teacher tas mag-explain pa siya. In a way na hindi lang yung katulad ng original niyang lecture, di ba? Parang, ma'am, eh, paano po pag ganito? Tapos sasabihin ni ma'am, ah, ganito ang tingin dyan. Yun, medyo napawasan din yun. Kasi nga, ang hirap ng back and forth communication with 30 to 40 students on the same topic, di ba? Actually, Nikki, nakakarelate ako doon eh. When you mentioned yung loss of fidelity and yung Socratic method na nawala sa atin during online learning, yung immeasurable essence of learning ba na may communication na mas kaya siyang gawin during face-to-face classes? Yung kayang gawin ng technology, di ba? It's democratizing, ang tawag natin dyan. Maraming may access dyan kahit mayaman, mahirap. Pero parang meron siyang limit eh. Kung ang idea mo sa kanya is to simulate exactly kung ano yung kaya mong gawin sa face-to-face, medyo mataas na expectation yon sa technology. Ang pwede mong gawin sa technology, complementation, support, ganyan, pero hindi siya yung perfect alternative, perfect substitute. Ang treatment ngayon, kung kunyari, before COVID, ang nangyari doon, pwede kang mag-broadcast ng lectures o kaya mag-broadcast ka ng materials. Pero ang key ingredient doon, nandun pa rin si teacher as facilitator. Mm-hmm. Diba? So a lot has been said about yung teacher, hindi na siya yung sage on the stage. Hindi na lang puro lecture-lecture ang ginagawa ni teacher. Tama yon Pero pag totally inalis mo si teacher doon sa equation, hindi pwede. Walang matututunan yung mga learners mo. So nandun siya in a capacity na kayang i-facilitate yung learning, yung discussion coming from whatever other modality that you are using. Indispensable yung teacher kaya kailangan alagaan natin yung mga yan. We have to remember na yung traditional methods palang pre-pandemic ay nagresulta sa poor performance ng ating mga estudyante doon sa latest international test tulad nung PISA or Program for International Student Assessment noong 2018, yung TIMS, yung Trends in International Math and Science Study noong 2019 naman yun, at yung unang round ng uh, Southeast Asia Primary Learning Metrics noong 2019. 
In fact, ito yung naging laman ng Contentious World Bank report na nireklamuhan niya DepEd Secretary Briones. Nahilight kasi doon na only 10 to 22% ng grade 4, 5, and 9 students sa Pilipinas ang nakamit doon sa minimum proficiencies. Ibig sabihin, wala pang one-third ng ating mga estudyante ang natututunan kung ano dapat yung kanilang matutunan doon sa kanilang grade level. Tipong bago pa ang pandemya, nasa krisis ka na, tapos dumating ang pandemya. So ano na? Meron na nga tayong learning crisis, pero underfunded pa rin yung DepEd. Nabalitaan pa natin na for 2021, nag-request yung DepEd na magkaroon ng 1.1 trillion pesos para i-fund ang kanilang COVID-responsive infrastructure. Kasama rito yung water, sanitation, healthcare facilities, classroom and clinics. Pero out of that request, ang nakuha lang nila parang a little over 50%. Diba, pwede pa rin naman tayong gumasos sa education. In fact, nahalagay nga sa constitution diba, na education ang uh, dapat merong lion share ng budget. At uh, over the years, lumaki rin naman ang uh, fiscal space ng gobyerno. So actually, maraming pera, pero paano ba kasi yung ginagasos? Kailangan nating tingnan. As much as this is an important issue, let's save the discussion on resource allocation and prioritization for another podcast episode dahil sangasangan na to eh. There have been criticisms about how resources could have been allocated for education and other important sectors, lalo na during the pandemic, rather than these other priorities. Anyway, balik tayo sa remote learning. Yes, mukhang tip of the iceberg pa lang ito, Renz. Meron pa yung uh, long-term cost ng school closures and online learning. Tapos meron pang weird phenomena as we implement this remote learning policy. Muli, ako si JC Punong Bayan. Ako si Mayan Vital. At ako naman si Renz Kalub. Maraming salamat sa pakikinig sa Usapang Econ Podcast. Powered by Puma Podcast. I-follow ang Usapang Econ Podcast sa Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen. Salamat sa audio editor ng episode na ito na si Mark Casillian. At sa producer namin na si Trisha Aquino. Maaari nyo rin sundan ang Usapang Econ sa aming blog sa usapangecon.com. I-like and i-follow nyo rin kami sa Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at LinkedIn. Subscribe na rin kayo sa aming YouTube channel para makita ang previous video podcast as well as explainer videos. Ingat! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.